Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky. In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. It is the Curtain Call Podcast. Again, my name is Michael Beck, joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. The first half, we kind of looked at Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers' salary cap situation. Well, I guess the the entire league's salary cap situation and a few other spots, including the offensive line. But moving forward with this part of the podcast, there is going to be a little bit of turnover at the receiver position, I suspect. Juju Smith-Schuster, it just really feels like unless he's willing to take a, a one-year small deal now and then kind of bet on himself to get a big deal and stay in Pittsburgh, it, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Do you think the Steelers could be in the market for another receiver? And Do you, do you think they should draft one again, or should they turn to the free agent market? This this is my interesting position. This is the position I love this year for the draft. I always love wide receivers for the draft, but this year for a different reason. Uh, Matt Canada taking over the offense means wide receivers are going to be used in different ways. You're going to be running those jet sweeps. You're going to be blocking. You're going to be in, moving all over the place. It's not going to be so much we need a wide receiver with this specific wide receiver trait to run these kind of routes. Steelers aren't going to be looking for that this year. We have three solid wide receivers. I do expect Juju Smith-Schuster to be gone. Even, even like you said, if he signed a one-year kind of prove-it deal, it probably wouldn't be here because he didn't get used well last year. He really didn't. He didn't get, he didn't get played to his strengths uh, last year at all. So you you wouldn't expect that next year with the same support with Claypool and Deontay Johnson with him, he's not going to get those routes that he really needs to, to to really thrive. So I don't expect Juju Smith-Schuster to be back. And so if the Steelers are looking for a, a number four receiver, James Washington, I think, can just slide into where Juju 
is and give us good numbers, not great numbers, not what Juju Smith-Schuster gave you. But if you're going to use him like that, he, he's equivalent. The way they use Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington can do that next year. So to me, it opens up kind of a wild card uh, position where you can go get a guy who's going to be kind of that jet sweep motion runner, who's going to be like, I can move all over the place and play any position, who could be a guy who moves into the backfield and plays a little running back, who could be a kick and punt returner kind of specialist guy. Like that kind of a person, uh, if you want a high-end level of what I'm thinking of, like a Cordella Patterson. Like when, when he came out, like he was that dude who just really didn't have a place on the offense. He's just a weapon. He doesn't have a position, but he is a weapon. We could see that kind of wide receiver be a Steelers target later in, in the draft. I think fourth, fifth round even, you see guys that are just wicked athletes that aren't good receivers. That's the kind of player you could take because they'd be our number four, they'd be our returner, and they'd have a chance to develop in a system that would use them creatively. Yeah, it's a shame Deion Kane uh, signed off on uh, Baltimore squad. Uh, that that could have been a fun number four, I think, but uh, we will never know. Oh, well, but uh, the other other receiving spot, uh, tight end, I think that's extremely interesting spot to uh, keep an eye on because Eric Ebron still could be a cap casualty. If, if, if that number does drop and the Steelers want to keep a, a veteran guy on the defensive side like Joe Hayden and Vince Williams – then Eric Ebron kind of becomes the next logical choice. But after Vance McDonald retired, where do you have tight end in this hierarchy of uh, of needs for the Steelers? And should they be seriously looking at bringing someone in? Okay, with center, tackle, and running back, we did my one, two, three in that order. Center, tackle, running back. Tight ends are number five for me uh, because we need a rotational need, even if Ebron stays. And I think Ebron staying or going is going to be heavily tied to Ben. If Ben is here, they're going to keep Ebron. Those guys did work well together. Uh, Canada's offense works really well with a tight end who is a versatile offensive threat like an Eric Ebron. You're not just a blocker as as a tight end in Canada's system. Um, So to me, Ebron probably stays, uh, but you need that number two. You need that number two guy, and you're probably looking for someone who's a bit of an athlete who's going to give you some mismatch advantages, give you something, you know, something unique to that position, uh, which is why I am a big fan if he if he gets cut in Detroit of them bringing back Jesse James. Because I think he's still on their roster, right? They didn't actually he cut is. him yet. Yeah, he but is, but he's made so much is, money and never and he got is the set ball. up. Like even if you look at even if you look at like the, the contract websites, they're like potential out 2021. Like, yeah, the team can get out from under this deal. This is the year to do it. And he's, he's a guy that you're probably getting rid of. I don't know. Uh, maybe he is really good at biting kneecaps. And so they keep him. But other than that, I really don't I really don't see him sticking there. And he would be a great guy to bring back. He was a very solid number two. His height was an asset Ben Roethlisberger used, obviously better than anyone else has. And uh, he was just drastically overpaid in Detroit. And then they used him wrong. Like, he's a guy you could bring back because again, in Matt Canada's system, versatility is more valuable than like, are you a really good blocker? You know? And Jesse James is very versatile. He has some strengths. He's, he's solid all around, nothing great. So I think he really would fit Matt Canada's offense. And I'd love to see the outlaw back in Pittsburgh. Now I have written a story about this uh, in the past week, but uh, one of the things that's interesting with Jesse James on his way out, he said the the Steelers, he compared them to the Kardashians 
Now, two of those sisters are already out of Pittsburgh. Uh, ben, obviously, kind of being uh, the ringleader of uh, the Kardashian crew, still around. Do you think he could mend that mend that fence and uh, just be continue on uh, like nothing happened? I don't, I don't even think that would be a problem. I don't think that would be a problem at all. Like he'd just come back and be like, "Hey, Ben, welcome. I'm glad to be back." And Ben would be like, uh, "Welcome back. Let's play football." Like it wouldn't be a thing. I don't think it would be a bad thing. Most of the people are gone from that team, and I think most of the people on the Steelers would admit that that was way too much drama in in that year. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely was. And you know what? Dan Campbell himself, though, to his credit, was the number two tight end in Detroit for a number of years. So maybe maybe he falls in love with the number two tight end in his old team <laughs> just because old time's sake, they yeah. could bite kneecaps together. Just <laughs> just whatever whatever tight end number twos do. Oh man, they changed the logo on the helmet to like a zombie lion. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, you probably just gave them a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> uh, but that that being said, though, the Steelers haven't invested high draft capital into the tight end position since really Heath Miller was a first-round pick years ago. Do you think the Steelers should consider really kind of beefing up that position with the, with the higher draft pick? I've thought about that. I would love – there are some really good top tight ends in this class, and I would love the Steelers to get one. Uh, but I, th- I think with Pouncey retiring and some of the other needs and the money situation, you really, that's a luxury pick to me for yeah. a draft pick. That's a luxury pick. Uh, but I could see it happening. I could see it happening. If that's, if that's your best player, go for it. And I, you know, Matt Canada has run all kinds of different offenses in his various years in college. He could design something up for Eric Ebron and another, you know, like top receiving tight end. He'd, he'd find ways to make that work. See, I have to remind myself that Matt Canna is the offensive coordinator because I was just about to say, it's like, oh, if they drafted Kyle Pitts, they'd use him all wrong. They'd make him be a blocker. Yeah. But it's Matt Canada. It's Matt Canada now, which is exciting because he – like you you look at his season at Pitt when they beat Clemson, the tight end uh, – I cannot remember his name. But he was he was running shovel passes in an offense where it was like an RPO, like what they run in uh, Baltimore with, with – uh, with Lamar, Lamar Jackson, like the veer that they run, where he either hands it off, it's like the running back's going outside and he's going straight up the middle. Only the play was he would he would either hand it off to James Conner or shovel pass it to their tight end for like an underneath run up the middle. They tore up Clemson with that. Like that's that was one of their big plays against Clemson. Like so he is used to using tight ends in creative ways. He uses a lot of H-backs. So, you know, if you had a guy who's an athlete there who's a weapon, they could use that. They could do it. They could they could really he could really use them well. So, it could work. Like again, like I'm saying, first round pick could be anything. First round pick, Steelers can go anywhere. Yeah, it, it really could. Um Let's flip things over to the defensive side of the football. And I, I think I got to get this one out of the way first because it kind of sets up the rest of talking about the defense. Of course, J.J. Watt, the massive free agent. He doesn't count towards the compensatory, compensatory formula. Again, the Steelers don't have a lot of money. The more this kind of drags out, I think the more likely he would be a Steeler because I think the Bills and the Browns probably already have their best offers already in. Is that a potential fit that you could really see happen? Is that a way to kind of uh, make just solidify that defensive front? Okay, J.J. Watt would be a huge signing. Um, and I'm not even looking at him taking a, a, a tiny contract. I'm looking at, like, his market value is probably around $12 million, right? 
if he signed here for $10 million, that's significantly cheaper than what Bud Dupree just got paid. Again, I don't think the cap is dropping. So take that into consideration that I am treating it as the cap not dropping. Uh, and if the cap does drop, that it doesn't, like you really can't sign him. We need an edge rusher. We need another defensive lineman. You know, if, if Tyson Aluolo is a free agent. So right now we have, you know, two at Hayward and then like the backup guys, Bugs, Davis, uh, Bondo. You know, that's that's what we have on the defensive line. We need another guy there. We need another edge rusher. Even if it's a backup and we put Highsmith in it at the full-time starter, you still need a number three. That guy plays 40, 50% of snaps just as the backup to, the, to Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. You're playing 40% of snaps. So for me, a J.J. Watt coming in would be your right uh, edge rusher on your your four-man fronts and your nickel and your dime. When you put four players out there, it would be, you know, from right to left, it would go J.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stefan to it, but uh, T.J. Watt. And they, he's phenomenal in that role. He plays 85% of his snaps on the edge last season. And he when he played on the right side, his film is really good from the right side really good so he would be great across from tj watt he looks to give a, a lot of what bud dupree get he's still a really great athlete he's not quite the elite player he was i think he's bud dupree level at this point in his career i really do believe that uh and then when you go to a three four set highsmith is your outside linebacker jj watt comes into defensive end and you've got to and hayward that can play inside uh, you've also got Bugs who played nose tackle for us. If you remember the game against Baltimore in week eight, he did a dang good job at nose tackle. So you can fill those spots and still have J.J. Watt as a defensive end. And J.J. Watt has even played a little bit of defensive tackle over the years. Not a lot. It's like 5 6% of his snaps he, he goes inside. J.J. Watt would fill two positions of need. And allow you to go from being like, we need a number three defensive lineman to, to spell to it and Hayward. And, you know, thinking about re-signing a Tyson Aluwalu to another, you know, deal where it's not a huge deal, but it's still significant money. And at the same point, you need someone to play a significant number of snaps backing up uh, Highsmith and TJ Watt. If you get JJ Watt, that backup on the out on the on the edge is Highsmith. He's your number one backup, and he's also playing outside linebacker, and you've got another defensive lineman. He really fits exactly what we need at both of those spots, and then you don't have to spend money on another backup. And really, if you're going to get a decent veteran at both of those positions, you're going to spend about $5 million on each of them. So you're talking about a $10 million right there, whereas TJ or JJ Watt and a you know couple minimum guys run you twelve. So to me, J.J. Watt makes a lot of sense. It's just whether or not he wants to come here. Yeah, and honestly, I have a couple thoughts on that. Firstly, I see some people trying to trash J.J. in the comments, but really quickly, uh, do you know who the most double-teamed edge rusher in the NFL was last year? J.J. Watt. Exactly, it's J.J. Watt. He was double-teamed some like 30% of his pass rushing uh, snaps. He just got terrible matchups, uh, and teams ran away from him because he was on a horrible team yeah there was no one else like there was no one else if he comes to pittsburgh he's one of four guys that are really good on that d like bud dupree tj Watt was one of the tj Watt was one of the least double teamed edge rushers not because he's not good 
but because Keith Butler has the weapons to keep teams from doing it. Uh, I'm going to cover it later. I, I got a film room coming out this week on Bud Dupree and Cam Hayward. And in there, I show how the Steelers use Devin Bush to stop teams from double teaming Cam Hayward. Or they would use somebody, to, they would use the threat of a Mike Hilton blitz to put a blocker out of position, and then they can't double team. You know, they the Keith Butler is great at that, at turning and making sure teams can't double team his best guy. And you see the results where TJ Watt had like the best pass rush win rate of anyone, any edge rusher, and at the same time had one of the lowest for double teams of the good edge rushers. And JJ Watt was the opposite. He was in that in that top line of guys. He was the most double teamed and one of the least effective of, of those guys. But he's on the same tier, basically, as TJ. He's just doesn't have any help. Yeah, and with him too, before we move on back to uh, our holes, one last JJ thought here is if he was going to sign with the Browns or the Bills who have a little bit of cap space kicking around, why wouldn't he have just accepted the trade and made his $17.5 million? Yeah. Like he got cut to fit on a team that needs to wiggle around cap space. So to me, that screams either going to play for his hometown, Green Bay Packers, and I'll never fault a player for going to their hometown, like ever. Yeah. Uh, perhaps he could go to Chicago to, to be with his wife. I, I, I don't really see that making a lot of sense though, but you see how the brothers are. It, I feel like it's either Green Bay or Pittsburgh. And, I think he'll be successful wherever he goes. So it's going to be kind of a kind of one of those things to follow. But for all these reports of uh, Buffalo and Cleveland, to me, it just seems like why wouldn't he not have just accepted that trade and Houston yeah. gets that fifth round pick? Well, the Steelers were a contender this season. They were a contender. They were twelve and four. They made the playoffs. You know, they fell apart and had an absolutely terrible playoff game, and they were really hurt. If you had Bud Dupree in that wild card playoff game, this is another thing I talk about in my in my article today about Hayward and, and Dupree. You don't see that same game. In in week six, when the Steelers placed the faced the Browns, the Browns ran only twice to Bud Dupree's side of the field. Twice to that left side. And the Steelers threw the eleventh game when Bud Dupree was playing, were the team that was ran least on to that to the left. No one ran at Bud Dupree and Cameron Hayward. You go after that, they drop to the seventh most rushes against that side. It totally switches. Teams are like, run at TJ Watt. Nope, now we're running at Alex Highsmith. And then in the wild card playoff game, the Browns ran the ball 31 times. 20 of those 31 runs were to the left side. They ran over, they ran almost two-thirds of their run plays at the left side because it was Cassius Marsh. You know, like they ran at him. Bud Dupree made that kind of a difference. J.J. Watt is that level of player. He might even be at this point still better than Bud Dupree. Like, you just aren't going to see that until he's in a similar situation and you can see what he really can still do. But he still has his athleticism. He still has moves. He can still play. If J.J. Watt comes and is on this defense, the Steelers are a contender because of that defense. No matter what the offense looks like, Mason Rudolph could be the quarterback. Steelers are a playoff team. Oh, absolutely. And the thing with J.J. too and Bud, I, I know just, I said I was going to move on, but that's still a difference of probably like $8 million bucks. Like Bud Dupree's yeah. going to get paid. He, he's This is his first big-time pay deal. Meanwhile, J.J.'s made 
well over hundred million dollars, and he has so much more investments. So or uh, endorsements yeah. and investments. Uh, but I'd look for JJ to make right around ten million mm-hmm. on the Steelers. Come to the Steelers, ten million dollars. That's a fair deal, and that's a really good deal for the Steelers. So then, say we don't end up with JJ Watt, where does the the Steelers defensive line kind of rank in terms of uh, being a position of need? I have the defensive line uh, right after cornerback at sixth, and I have edge right after that at seventh, uh, because you need a number, th- you need a third guy. Uh, and interestingly to me, this is the other interesting thing: if JJ Watt doesn't sign, defensive line could be a big time draft pick. You could see a big time draft pick in there because now, if you get a three man rotation, you get another Stephon Tuitt, Cameron Hayward level guy in there. That's incredible that defense is going to be ridiculous the Steelers before Devin Bush was hurt played a lot of three four against uh 11 personnel like what teams would try and put them in nickel and the Steelers would be like no we're going three four against this we'll put a linebacker in coverage mink over top of that and we'll go with it so if they got a guy of that level right of a step on two at Cameron Hayward level you've got that three-man front they would use it that guy would get a lot of play time. Uh, guy I am falling in love with on the defensive line is Barmore from Alabama. That dude is just an absolute game wrecker. He is another step onto it. And I, w- I would love to see, man, those three would just it'd be cra- crazy. And you would know that, you know, when Hayward's gone, you got someone. So that's my other defensive line option is you could see a high draft pick there. Outside of that, if they don't want to sign a draft pick there, Alu Alu, bring him back. He was just phenomenal. You know, I'd love to get younger, but if Alu Alu's there and he's willing to pay play again, go for it. The guy is still he had it last year. Now bouncing out to edge rusher, um, like you were talking about, of course, TJ Watt, one of the best players in football. Other side, Alex Highsmith. This past week, uh, even today, I believe it was one of the one NFL. Uh, Analyst even said he is one of the top 10 most likely players to explode in his sophomore season. Uh, what what do you think the Steelers should be looking at when it comes to like an outside linebacker? Could it be like bringing someone back like an Anthony Chicklow that clearly wasn't a numbers guy but played? Or is it going to be someone with a, a little more bite to their game? I would, ex- I would expect them to bring in uh, a veteran. Uh it's it's hard to fit because you got two young guys. One's a star and one looks really good, but he hasn't actually like really put it all together. Uh, he was he was looking good on film, but then you'd also see him getting blown off the ball. You'd see him just absolutely lose a pass rush and be done. Like he was done. The offensive lineman would win, envelop him, and he didn't have like he would just kind of like muscle and drive and try and do something, but it wasn't good. It wasn't like what you get from Bud Dupree. Uh, so he's shown promise. He has shown incredible promise. But he's also shown that he's really raw. And he, you, the Steelers knew that when they drafted him. There's a reason he fell. You know, he hasn't played the position that long. So to me, I really look in there like you'd want, ideally, an Arthur Motes level signing. You'd want a guy that's like, okay, you didn't really work out, but you're you're good in your starter, questionably starter level. That's not Anthony Ciccolo. That's not those kind of guys. Yeah, like a Barcavius Mingo would work, someone like that. But then you're paying them some money, you know? To me, you're you're paying them some money to get that. And if you just go get like 
a, a late round pick or a veteran minimum guy or an Anthony Ciccolo, well, what do you do if Highsmith struggles? What do you do if one of those guys is hurt and now all of a sudden you're starting Anthony Ciccolo all year? That's not good. That's why I really, I really love the idea of getting a JJ Watt is because then you bump Highsmith back and you say, yeah, you know, kid, you got another year. You're going to get your rotational snaps. You're going to play 60 to 70% of snaps, even in that package. Cause he would, he'd still get 60 to 70% of snaps. He just wouldn't be the guy. Now, one of the other positions that you had uh, ranked fairly high uh, in that list was corners. Now, Joe Hayden, of course, is starting to get up there in age. I, th- I think he, of the players remaining, he'd be like the biggest uh, savings. If you were to get cut, it would also break my heart. And you'd probably see the biggest Twitter rant in the history of Twitter rants out of me if that were to happen, which it's possible. So maybe I would, I would to- declare the season a tank if they cut Joe Hayden. I'd be like, and we're done. It's it, guys. Championship window's closed. We're done. We're rebuilding. Yeah. You know, that would be my take on Joe Hayden leaving. He's honestly he's an extension candidate to me. Like even if he took a step back speed wise, I'd be like, play him at safety. Like pull the old Rod Woodson. Tell him he can eat a little bit more in the offseason, gain a, a little bit of weight. Like honestly, that's how I feel about Joe Hayden. He, he's yeah. outstanding. But corner as a whole, how how important is it to bring in guys, especially with Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton up as free agents? Well, that number three corner is big. That's a big open spot. Number four corner to me is not. So if you bring back one of those guys, corner is solved. In my opinion, you don't need both because we saw James Pierre. James Pierre stepped up at the end of the season and looked really good. And he's young. Uh, I think he has probably moved ahead of Justin Lane just because he literally moved ahead of him in the pecking order at the end of last season. So I expect that to continue. Uh, Justin Lane is going to be kind of in the Artie Burns mode of – he hasn't really worked out, but he's super cheap and he's still on a rookie deal. So the Steelers keep those guys. They just do. They don't get rid of people on rookie contracts unless someone who's incredibly cheaper, you know, every position of depth on the roster is filled by someone cheaper and better than them. Then those guys get get cut. Uh, so I expect Justin Lane to be back. I expect uh, him to be like the number five. I expect Pierre to be your number four. And you just need one. You need one. Uh, I do not expect a draft pick. Uh, but that's also hope. I really hope the Steelers have realized that they should just shouldn't draft cornerbacks. Just, just don't just sign other quarterbacks from other place and draft every other position. Just accept we're going to pay a certain level of free agent money for these guys. And then we'll draft other positions. It's like the Patriots uh, and receivers. Yeah. Like, and, but also you don't need a great cover guy as the Steelers third cornerback. You don't even need great cover guys on the outside. They have no one who is a cornerback you leave on an island. Like, love Steven Nelson, love Joe Hayden. Neither one of those are guys you want on an island with a receiver where you're just like, you have them, cover them no matter where they are very often at all. You don't want that very often because Nelson gets beat underneath. Hayden can get beat deep. Uh, if But if you give those guys like Nelson, you have help over the top, or Hayden – you know, you have help over the top. Hayden's a beast if he has help over the top. He's an absolute destroyer of worlds. If you're like Joe Hayden, you've got deep coverage. Teams just don't throw there. You know, if he's got help underneath, he only has to deal with deep. Teams don't challenge him because he's going to make you pay. Nelson is very similar, not quite on Joe's level. Uh, he's He can cover a little more. You know, it's not quite the Joe Hayden really needs to be, have half the field, half, his, half the job, either shallow or deep. Uh, but Nelson... Nelson isn't a standalone guy either. It's just we have safeties with speed and reaction time that can that can help. And so they can cover a lot of that. 
And so for me, the number three corner with the linebackers we have with all this stuff can be, I, I really hope we bring back Mike Hilton because uh, Hilton is exactly that guy. You want someone who is an attacker, who's strong in the run game, and who brings something that teams really struggle to deal with. And, and I've, as I've said before, I want to see Hilton and Spillane playing together with Devin Bush so, so much just because of how Spillane is on those green dog blitzes and how effective Joe Hayden and Vince Williams both were when Devin Bush was playing. Now, as we get to the top of our show here, uh, two defensive positions left, those inside linebackers and safeties. Uh, obviously, they're going to be ranking fairly low on your list of needs, so why don't we lump them together? What do you think of those two spots? I have inside linebacker as a luxury pick, and what I mean by that is you don't need one. You've got Vince Williams. Robert Spillane is an ex- uh, exclusive rights-free agent, so you've got him cheap. He's going to be dirt cheap. Vince is already signed. He's already, you know, he's on his money. Uh, I think you only save four million if you cut Vince Williams. So he's not a light. He's not that likely of a cut unless you, you know, draft a replacement and you love the guy and you're like, you know, we kind of need that four million elsewhere. Then I could see it. Uh, so for me, it's a luxury pick. It's one of those things where you can go out and grab a top guy. You can grab a guy that you think is going to be a more athletic version of a Vince Williams, where he's solid enough in coverage that he's not your primary cover guy. You know, you can hide him a bit uh, and he'll be fine. And then he's just a beast attacking forward, attacking the ball, you know, pass rushing, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of linebacker you could bring in and really pay pay dividends because you'd just be an upgrade on Vince Williams. And we saw Vince Williams leading the league in tackles for loss and had several sacks early in this season before Devin Bush went down. He was leading the league in tackles for a loss. I think I think people forget that. That was Vince Williams. He was killing it early in the season. And people were like, what happened to Devin Bush? Vince Williams is amazing. He's going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. And then Devin Bush got hurt, and Vince was all of a sudden a huge liability. So if you, you could upgrade that and be like, go in there, rookie, be Kendrell Bell. You know, just go in there and attack. You're you're that dude. You're Kendrell Bell in this defense because you can. I, I also I also want to bring this up with inside linebacker real quick on how good Devin Bush really is. In we saw Mike Hilton and Vince Williams getting sacks, making tackles for loss, making plays in the backfield a lot uh, in 2020. The last time they were making plays like that was in 2017 when Ryan Shazier transitioned from being a playmaker to being an elite coverage linebacker. His stats dropped in 2017. The entire defense got better. And if you look at that year, that's Vince Williams' year, where he had like the eight sacks. That was Mike Hilton's first year, when he was getting sacks. They were terrorizing player teams because of what uh, Ryan Shazier had become as a linebacker. And we lost that. Devin Bush in year two basically brought what Ryan Shazier brought in 2017 to the Steelers before he got hurt. He's still young. He should be coming back and be fine. So I'm very excited about what we're going to see with Bush back because he unlocked that blitzing potential that they had with Ryan Shazier where they can send everybody else and everybody else can feast because Devin Bush has your back. And I love that. I can't wait to see next season. And if they brought in a guy, I've, obviously we've talked him up before. I, I am more and more on board with Gerard Davis, especially if he's cheap. 
if he is reasonably priced, if he's a $4 million linebacker, $5 million guy, where you can basically get him for Vince Williams' contract, oh, that's easy. That's an easy choice for me. That's a guy the Steelers liked when he was coming out. I would absolutely love it. That would be phenomenal to me. And it would just be a beastly linebacker duo. Oh, absolutely. So um, why don't we uh, hit those uh, safeties and then we can uh, start wrapping her up. Yep, safety is is depth. Like, people don't don't stress Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds is a great pairing with Minka Fitzpatrick. He is still on his rookie deal. The Steelers will figure out what they want to do with him after this season. Uh, but he has this season. He is the guy this season. He's going to start. He's going to play just like he did last season. He's going to play a ton of snaps. Uh, and he's going to be good. He's very versatile. He's going to be good. If he gets better than he was last season, then holy crap, he's going to be phenomenal. That'll be phenomenal. Uh, he's a great, great person to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick. That's it. That's it. Uh, for the third safety, I mean, Sean Davis could come back if, if they think he's actually wasn't healthy last year. I don't know. Otherwise, you know, you've got to find a third safety. You do need to find a number three. They don't even have a number four safety. Uh, it's Antoine Brooks right now. So, like, you could see Jordan Dangerfield come back even. So we'll see what happens there. They really need two safeties, in my opinion. Maybe the Steelers are the team that built a super team of like older guys and all the names that have been connected to them throughout the years. Like Patrick Peterson, he got released. He he's been he's been attached to Steelers for what the last six years. It feels yep. like JJ Watt, of course, with his brother. Like you you name it. You just throw Fitzgerald in there because he went to Pitt. <laughs> just all of a sudden, just lump them all in there. But all uh, of them. As we're at the top of our show, Jeffrey, what uh, what do you got going on and uh, what should the people be excited for? Yesterday, uh, Dave Schofield and I dropped a vertex on Stefan Tuitt. Check that out. Uh, he's a, he's an f- easy person to break down in film because he's a very simple player. He just put line him up across from someone and let him whoop the guy. That's that's Stefan Tuitt. Uh, that's a good little room. Uh, and I have a film room coming, I believe, tomorrow on Cameron Hayward and Bud Dupree in week six against the Browns. They destroyed the Browns. And I go more into just not just what they do, but what they bring that is special compared to the guys on the opposite side of the of the line that put up 26 sacks between the two of them and TJ Watt and Stefan Tuit. Cameron Hayward and Bud Dupree are a little different, but they are incredibly valuable. And uh, it goes over that. That'll be out tomorrow. I believe. Awesome. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, as we hit the top of the show, thanks for tuning in. Uh, of course, uh, there, there's always exclusive podcast uh, content um, wherever you get your podcast normally through uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, like literally guys, you name it. You can find some extra bonus uh, audio content over there uh, and make sure you're always clicking over to behind the steel curtain.com. We got, uh, we got the breaking news popping up there. Opinions, all that great stuff uh, that we know you all love. So make sure you're clicking over to the website, uh, listen to the podcast, and just uh, continue uh, coming back each and every day. Uh, unlike last week, uh, I'm going to have a smoother transition as we uh, say goodbye here. So for my uh, co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.